0: All right, praise God. How are we doing today? You know, there are always key times in the life of Christians, but there are also key times in the destiny of nations, in the destiny of cities, and uh, what if this time was one of those what if this was a watershed moment for breakthrough? You know, the warfare of the enemy always increases when you're about ready to break through. When you're really close to your, your new epiphany, your new blessing, your a new threshold, when something in your life that God is eroding and eroding is about to break, that's when the enemy's counterattack will be the greatest. And that's why, that's the time when you want to press in, lean into God like never before, don't quit. Don't quit. Today could be that day. Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem because it said you did not know the time of your visitation. So, Father, I pray today, God, that we could enter into times of refreshing Father, that times of refreshing would be upon us. God, that we could uh, absorb and enjoy the beauty of who you are. Hallelujah, Lord. We want to. We want to lean into you today. Let's just stand up. Let's just begin to reach out for Him. You know, we don't want to wait and. 15, 20 minutes for the worship team to warm us up and to make us, put us in a mood to seek God. We want to we wanna hunger and thirst. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. And even if that isn't the case, you can tell your soul, long for God. Desire the Most High. Soul, rise up and worship God. With all of your strengths, Holy Spirit, we invite you. Let's invite Holy Spirit. Let's open up our hearts and our minds and our lives. Say, Holy Spirit, we long to see your works, we long to see your abilities. Blow upon the earth. Blow upon the earth. Breathe upon us, Holy Spirit. As I'm looking at these people physically responding to the Lord, they're actually manifesting something. What if Jesus physically walked up to you today in your pew and said to you, dance with me, and pulled you by the hand, you stepped out of the aisle, and you began to dance and move, and, and you're, you're, you lost consciousness of who was watching, who, what they were thinking, because it was Jesus. And how could you not... How could you not respond? How could you not dance? How could you not move your body in in celebration of him? How could, when he whispers into your ear, I love you. How can you not say back, I love you. And then after it's all over, your friend comes up to you and says, wow, I've never seen you dance like that said, well, I had to. Jesus pulled me by the hand. And they said, who? Uh, It was just you. It was just you, you dancing with the air. What we are called to do by faith is interact with the invisible. And when you interact with the invisible, you manifest by faith what is not there to others, but what is there to you. And when he whispers to ears what ears, which he is whispering to say, he loves you. And you say back to him what would be a natural response. You are manifesting on earth what only you hear and what only you see. You are proclaiming the glory and the majesty of Jesus through a response of faith. And that is, that is the entirety of the walk of faith, is you responding to what is invisible. Because to you it's not invisible, even though it is to everyone else. But unbelief says, I cannot respond to anything except that which others see. Otherwise, they will not understand, and they will call me foolish. And I fear that they will think ill of me. I I fear that they will think less of me if I look foolish, if I look silly. So I will not. And this is the choice of faith. But he is here. Holy Spirit is here. Pulling on the strings of our hearts and whispering into our ears and saying, Dance with me. Move with the sounds of eternal love. Move with the sound of freedom. Ah, Let your mind and your soul align. With what is invisible. Now listen, there's faith, faith pleases God. And God, when He's discipling you, He's trying to bring forth faith. And one of the abilities of faith is to interact with the invisible. You, we see with the eye of faith. But there's something in us that's not disposed to walking by faith. We because faith is risky. What if I get it wrong? What if, I get it, what if I don't do it right? What if I mess up? And most of us want to stay where it's safe. We, we don't want to step out in faith because we don't want to bear the, the, the penalty of doing it wrong. Even, even around Jesus, he, wasn't, he didn't prescribe everything that everybody should do. People got healings in different ways. You know, there were times when his disciples kept the crowds from Jesus. And so people in the crowd could be reading that and saying, well, Jesus doesn't want us to come near. But then somebody, somebody responded to a voice inside of them and said, no, I must touch him. I must touch him. And they began against the works of the disciples who are holding him back. They're pressing through. They're pressing through. They're pressing through. They're pressing through. And some touch him, and some get healed. And maybe some are stopped by the disciples. What are the rules here? Who gets through, who doesn't get through? What what are the rules? Do we stand in line obediently until he looks in our direction? Or do we just act? What, What are the rules here? What is the right thing to do? We don't want to risk. We want to do it when it's safe. But the people who got the miracle took a chance. They took a risk. They, they, they brought their paraplegic, paraplegic friend to the roof and they took off the tiles, destroying the house. Everybody else obediently standing in line. We don't want to do it wrong. Tell me to do this, Lord. Tell me. Tell me. And sometimes, sometimes we'll, we'll get a little help like Peter. He's on the boat and he desperately feels, I want to walk on water. I want to walk on water. I don't know if I'm allowed. Jesus called me to come to you. And so Jesus gives him that little piece. He says, come on. Come on, Peter. You have permission. Even so, Peter steps out and he begins to sink. And we know what happens. He didn't get rewarded. He got rebuked. He got rebuked because he said, listen, there's a level of faith that's above that, Peter. There's a level of faith where you don't sink. He didn't just say, nice try. He rebuked him. Where's your faith? Why did you start looking at the wind? Right now, right now, right now, right now in this room, there's a call. God is saying, you have permission to draw near to me. But it's not safe and there's no guarantees God we want you Holy Spirit your kingdom come your will be done ah Holy Spirit your kingdom come
1: I just want to declare that when Jesus trained the 12 disciples, he was looking for men who could walk in faith, men who could understand that the kingdom of God is at hand, men that weren't, weren't obsessed with themselves or investigating their own personalities, but men who realized that there's a kingdom of God and we can apprehend that, we can grab a hold of it, and we can pull it down to earth. And so we say, Lord, just like you found 12 men who could apprehend that, who could grab a hold of that, who could bring that down we want to be a body like that Lord, we want to be a body that is not obsessed with ourselves and focusing in on our past or our future or anything like that Lord, we want to focus on the reality that the kingdom of God is at hand Lord, we give ourselves we give ourselves, we give ourselves Lord, to
0: grabbing a hold of the kingdom of heaven and drawing it to the earth Listen, I know that there's some of us that are sitting here and we're thinking, I, I can't do this. I'm a, I'm a realist. I only respond to what's actually there. I, I need facts. I need evidence. I need, I need the reality of what's there. I'm telling you, that's a lie. Because everybody has responded to fear. And you know what fear is? Fear is a faith it's a kind of faith fear believes what is not yet seen fear reaches into the invisible it causes you to interact with an event that has not transpired you sweat you feel you you have emotions as though that thing is right upon you but there is no evidence of it anywhere near fear is faith And we can reach into the invisible with fear. How is it we can't reach into the invisible with faith? Romans 4 17 says, God is a God who calls those things which are not as though they are. I'm telling you, fear calls those things that are not as though they are and demands that we respond to them as though they are. Yet they are not. They are not. They are not. They are not. We were made to work and operate by fear. I mean by faith, but just not the fear kind. The faith that believes what is possible. It believes what God says, no, in Jesus' name, no, I'm not going to live my life fearing that I will die of cancer, even if I die of cancer. I'm not going to live my life fearing spiders and dogs and grass and, and events that might, might not transpire. I'm going to live my life fully. I believe God awaken the abilities of faith in our midst. I'm telling you, the key to all creativity is faith. The key... To to creative dance and creative art and creative songwriting and creative engineering, all of these things, the, the key is faith. Uh. Father, open up, open up in us the abilities, the abilities of the Spirit to create, to innovate. To call those things which are not as though they are to bring the invisible into the visible. Is this not what we do when we imagine? When we create something from what we saw in our head? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, raise up a people of faith. I believe. Listen, it begins with you responding to Him. Respond to Him. Respond to Him. You know, when, a, when you're standing there and you've got headphones on and you're listening to music in your way, nobody else can see that you're listening to music, but today we assume as much. We assume that you're hearing something, that you're not a you know crazy person well you're here in this, you're here and there's a presence of God that want to interact with you and faith allows you to interact you are hearing something you are sensing his presence but his presence comes in and we we will only react if we're made to react and he's saying listen will you honor me with response will you honor me respond to me this is what the spirit of God is saying Take the faith that you have in the smallest kind of response and respond to my love. Well, What if I don't feel your love, though? Then believe that I love you. Believe. Respond to me as though these things were true. See, we won't respond, and we wonder why our faith isn't increasing. Because he's saying to you, listen, respond to me. Seek me when you lay upon your bed. Seek me when you awake in the morning. Talk to me like I listen. Ask me things like I'm going to respond. Faith, believe. Trust me when things don't happen the way you think they should happen. Trust me that I have a reason and believe anyway. Don't trust your own mindset, trust me, my wisdom. And my goodwill towards you.
2: Have you ever seen a third world nation that's starving and then the UN shows up with food? What does the food truck crowd look like? They're not politely waiting in a queue. They're pushing through. They know there's only so much and they're forcing their way past people. There's something about hunger that accesses the things of God. There's something about queue jumpers that please God. David ran into the temple, stole the bread, the showbread, off the table and ate it. It was illegal for him. That should have got him killed, but he walks away from it. There's something about a hungry people that bypass the proper order. The woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd. It was illegal for her to be in the crowd. But she got the healing. Are we hungry? The thing that keeps coming to me more and more and it's increasing for me at least in this last year and it's getting worse is hunger. I don't care what it looks like anymore. I don't care if I'm too loud. I don't care if I'm interfering with the worship. I don't care. Somebody's going to get the stuff and I'm going to get to the front of the line. Somebody here might want it more than me. Get up then. Go get it. Get undignified. Go after God. Polite isn't going to do it. Polite and politically correct is what's killing us. Somebody's got to get rowdy. Somebody's got to say, I'm going to be passionate about God, even if no one else can see him. This is where we're at. I don't care anymore. I don't care if this upsets you, I'm hoping that it'll shake some people loose. Somebody's got to respond. Somebody's got to go after God. Somebody's got to have had enough, I've had enough, I've had enough. And if you're feeling a thing shaking as I'm speaking, then it's in you. Fight it! Fight it! Fight it! If it's in you, do something about it. Go after God.
0: Listen, He is the God that sees. He is the God that sees. And part of the battle that many of you are fighting right now is answering the question. Does God actually see? I mean, because there's so many delays, so many delays... Does he actually see? But this is the revelation that came to Ishmael and his mother. Was that he is the God who sees when he came to them in the desert, when the boy was about ready to die. I am the God who sees. And you know, when I go to a hockey game and sometimes they're giving out prizes, you know, they, they say, if you're the most exuberant ones. But I, I, don't, I don't bother getting up because I'm thinking there's 30,000 people here. You know, the chances are very narrow that I'm going to be seen. And it's okay in that scenario. I'm not going to make a fool of myself for a t-shirt, you know, when it's quite likely I'm not going to be seen. I don't even know, you know, if they're looking my general direction, I may give them a wave. But I just don't need that t-shirt that badly to make a fool of myself. But the question is, what is it? What is it that we're after? Is it worth the prize and then the second thing is, will he see us if I make a fool of myself? That's, those are the two components of faith. He does see, and it is worth it. He does see, and it is worth it. Well, how many times do you have to do it? Until it comes. Until it comes. Because believe me, you're the one that's being tested. He's waiting for you to cross a threshold of faith and passion and desire and singleness of heart. He sees. Believe me. He sees. He sees. He sees. He sees. But there's a fullness that must come out of your heart. Where you cross a threshold and then you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Faith. Faith will overcome. Father, in Jesus' name. We choose... This day, to begin, if we haven't already, to make ourselves foolish, we will pursue you. We will pursue the invisible one. We will respond to the invisible. We will live like we believe because we believe. Today, today, in Jesus' name. Today, in Jesus' name. I've got something burning in me having to do with healing, because I've always struggled with it. Satan can lie physically. And I want to talk about cancer. Cancer is a physical lie. You say, but the cells are really there. That doesn't matter. It's a lie. Cancer, the scientists say, well, it's uncontrolled life. No, it's not. It's death. It's death counterfeiting life. I want to say right now, the life, the real life, conquers death. Life conquers death. I don't care if it's physically present. It doesn't matter. Life conquers death. We need to declare that. He said, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. You'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I have to say, I've, I've only found a part of him. And if that word is true, it means I've only saw it with a part of my heart. I will not fault God. I will not lay the blame at his feet. The blame must be laid at either my feet or his feet. And I will not lay the blame at his feet. Let God be true and every man a liar. I choose this day to say, God, I want you. I want everything about you that I haven't found. And so I say, God, unify my heart in seeking you. Come on. Join me, please. Join me, please. And saying, God, make my heart full. Oh, make my heart full. What is it? that is yet to be found of you. What is it that is yet to be entered? Ah, I want to want it. Oh, I want to seek, I want to know what it means to seek you with all my heart. Listen to me for a second. Do you know how much God values this kind of hunger? more than honesty God values this kind of passion and hunger more than honesty because Jacob stole his brother's blessing and God honored that you know why? because he wanted it he was hungry for it he paid a price for the dishonesty but God still honored the hunger he still gave the blessing to him Esau lost his birthright and his blessing. His birthright he sold for a bowl of stew. Why? Because he didn't value it. He didn't value it. Jacob's like, hey, I want that. I want that. And I want the blessing so much that I'm going to deceive to get it. And what does it say? Jacob, have I hated? No, Jacob, have I loved? We in... The modern Christian world we have this view of integrity and honesty and we value these things that God doesn't value now God doesn't want us to be liars but when he when there was one attribute over another we think "Oh, honesty is the best no 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 hunger humility to debase yourself to get that thing that was worth more he said like I'll oh, forgive you dishonesty because this, this hunger, this passion, this desire, this vision is rarer than honesty. I can make you honest. I can't make you hungry. That's why God loved Jacob. God, we don't want to be dishonest. We don't want to be liars. But we want... Those attributes that you value more than others, God. And we have, we have pursued all the wrong attributes. And we have, we have wondered, why did you anoint that guy and that guy and that guy? And we, we've esteemed, esteemed ourselves better because I should be the one. Because I have the real attributes that God loves. Evidently not. Evidently not. There are attributes that cause the eyes of God to turn towards you. Hunger. Humility, faith, desperation. God, we want to own these attributes. We want them to be ours. Cut through, cut through the fear. Cut through the posturing that where we're playing to the crowd. We're playing to our, our neighbors and our friends and people around us, Lord, because we fear their opinion more than we fear yours. God, break through. Break through. Break through my heart. Break through. <sighs> and don't think I'm throwing this at you because this is me. This is for me and my world. Because I'm reaching to touch things. I'm, I'm excluded from circles of blessing. And I know why I'm excluded. I'm trying to find that fullness of heart for myself. But there are things, there are circles of blessing. God has hung in front of you and saying, listen. Listen, it's yours. It's yours. If you can break through. Break through your pride and unbelief and your fear. Now, listen to me. It's not just about what we do here this morning. Because, because the, each of you, God has provided a training and a test for your life, for entering your destiny. And, you know, he, he turns to Peter and he says, uh, "He says, feed my sheep. He said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And, you know, uh, for some of us, you know, groaning and crying out and making a fool of ourselves is the easiest thing ever. And so God may ask you, listen, why don't you go and give some money to the poor? Why don't you go downtown and start spending two evenings a week at Hope Mission? Why don't you start knocking on your neighbor's house and finding out what about their lives and tell them you want to pray for them and do they have any problems? Feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. And what that journey is for me is going to be different for you. But sometimes, you know, the reason why we don't break through to that thing is because we don't do the thing he's asking. He's asking you to do this thing. Why don't you share with your family that I'm the Lord? Why don't you, why don't you stand for the truth in your workplace? Why don't you do this? He said, Look, Peter, you, you say you love me. Well, then the evidence of that will be here. Lord, I want to be closer to you. Okay, well then do this for me. No, 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 you don't understand. I just want to be closer. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be... No, proximity and service go together. And the kind of service you're meant to render might be different than me. And you're not to judge me and I'm not to judge you. But there is a requirement in God's journey. A requirement is going to cause you to say no to selfishness, say no to fear, say no to unbelief. For me, there was a critical moment in our lives when I was asking God. He had called me to begin to live by faith. And I thought, oh, that means, you know, don't have a job. And it did for me, but it also meant believing. And I was not having the job, but I wasn't believing. I was, you know, teaching in the Bible school, very low pay, hardly anything. And I remember saying, God, what's going on? Come on, what's going on here? He says, well, I, you have some money in the bank, and I want to give it away. God is not against you having money in the bank. It's, it's great to have money in the bank. But if he asks for it, you have to give it. And in this case, we had some money, and he said, I want you to give that money away. And it was a significant amount of money for us. And we gave it away, and still nothing happened. And I'm, I'm, we're facing a deadline, and I'm, and it was important that I do that, but it was, it was unto something else. But I remember the night I was, I was dying, I was sweating for fear of coming to the end of the month and having no money for our bills. And then I I remember trying to figure out some scheme to get through this. That's what we do. And, uh. Finally, I thought, God, either this, either this is you or isn't in my life. And something broke inside of me. Something. Something changed. And boom, I knew. That was it. That, what happened? I don't know. Something broke. It, was, it needed the, the tension of the lack. It needed the passion. It needed the obedience. All of these things were part of it. I remember when something broke and I, I was walking around the apartment. That That's it. You're coming through. I know. There's, a, there's Somebody's going to drive up and give me $1,000. I need almost $1,000. So, I'm sitting out on the front deck, on the front porch, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. 1 a.m. Because I'm just so sure. I just know it's done. It's finished. Well, nobody came that night, but the next day in the mail... It was a check for 956 dollars and 43 cents or something random like that, because I had said to God, "I need almost 1,000 dollars." And so he sent me, literally, almost a1,000 dollars. What did it take to break through the faith for me? It might not be the same as you? There will be obedience, but what is, what is the barrier in your heart? Is it fear? Fear of loss of reputation. Is it fear that you won't be mis- you'll be misunderstood? Is it fear that you'll be rejected? What do you fear? Whatever you fear is what you believe in more than him. Come on. What you fear is what you believe in to the extent that you can't cross th- that threshold. Father, identify the regard that we give through fear to barriers, to limitations, to our knots, our nots. Break through it. Break through it, Father. Risk. Give us the ability to risk. In Jesus' name. Mm. Christianity is not liturgy. It's not ceremony. It's the reality of a heart that comes into a truth. As a man thinks of his heart, so is he. Not how you posture yourself, but what you really believe positively or negatively in your heart is who you are. Christianity is changing that through the knowledge of the truth. So God... Sometimes we say, God, whatever you, whatever, you, whatever you want, I'll do. I'd like to take you seriously, he says. But you have so many caveats on that, I can't even begin. So I'm going to take about 10 years, start working through the caveats, the conditions for whatever, and then maybe we'll talk again. This is the internal work that's going on. Because he's raising up a people that trust him, that believe him, that obey him, that honor him, that don't honor their own glory, they don't honor their own fear, they don't honor their own image. God, we're done bowing down to images that we have created with our own hands. Thank you, Lord.